Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. Happy day to our Equipped Podcast listeners. We have another opportunity today to delve into God's Word, God's truth, and we cannot wait for you to join us in this journey today. And as always, I'm joined today with Cassie Duke. Cassie, we are going to talk about parables today. (laughs) Yes, and hey everyone, welcome. Um, Excited to be here with Miss white um and to talk with you about what god's word says about parables and why we saw jesus use these so frequently in the new testament yes and i think just as god laid this on our heart it it forced me and probably you cassie to do a quick hard but maybe a hard pause Mm -hmm. about interesting you know we've read through gospels we've heard them and you know growing up in sunday school they're they're preached from the pulpit mm-hmm. and it was really neat to just do a quick step back and think okay if i was sitting in the crowd when jesus was speaking these well, what would I have thought? <laughs> and I can imagine a lot of people venturing through the scriptures garner many different sentiments around them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you look at specifically a parable, you know, it's a, it's a simple story, a kind of a fictitious story that paints the picture of somewhat of a moral or spiritual lesson, um, which is neat because Jesus again, grew up in that Jewish culture and and storytelling was very big. Mm. And I think when we look through them, it talks about how, you know, obviously they don't always define it completely clearly, but it always points us in the direction of understanding God more deeply and his kingdom. That is right. And that is the intent. And so Clarice, you just put me there like, if I was there at the time, you know, we get to sit here, we read the new Testament, we see parables throughout. We kind of like, okay, that's how Jesus teaches. And we're about to dive into a little more of that. But to your point, if at that time, and I had heard about this great teacher rumored to be the Messiah and I came and came to one of his teachings and then heard him talking about farming or fishing, (laughs) um, you know, you could see a couple different reactions. There's one side of like, wow, how, how simple is that? I can understand that. I'm a farmer. I get what he's saying. Um, or there's the other side, the more critical side that might be like, oh, I thought he was this fancy teacher. He's up here talking about <laughs> farmers. And so that thought process kind of reveals there. there's two reactions, really, when it comes to parables. Yeah. Well, and even his disciples, um, mm-hmm. you know, they pulled him aside at one point and they, 12 of them asked about the parables to which Jesus said to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is parables because as Jesus walked this earth, he was fulfilling scriptures. And when you look back in Isaiah, when he says this next portion, he says, they may indeed see, but not perceive and may indeed hear and not understand, you know, lest they should um, turn and be forgiven. And it goes back to when Isaiah was commissioned from the Lord and 
when God, when the Lord had said to Isaiah back then, he said, whom shall I send who will go for us? Because they were searching, like, who's going to be the mouthpiece? Mm-hmm. And Isaiah specifically uh, stood up and said, here I am, send me. And that's when God said, you know, say this to the people. And so I feel like as Jesus enters the scene, Isaiah is talking about this people or God's telling him about the people that they hear and don't understand. They see and don't perceive. And the, you know, so he's saying about making their hearts dull and their eyes blind. And so it's just this interjection of almost like repeat, you know, how we always say, you know, history repeats itself. And so God's inserting himself into culture now. And even though in Proverbs, as we kind of delve then into, okay, why were they somewhat abstract and hard to understand? Because mm-hmm. you look in Proverbs and it says, it's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search them out. And so it opens opportunity for, hey, God, this may mean something to someone else, but what does it mean for me? And what do you want me to see through this? Yeah, a couple of different thoughts there. So make a note of that last thing you said about means to me but going back to what you read in Isaiah and so if you look in Matthew Mark and Luke uh, the same instance happened that Clarice just said to where Jesus spoke in parables it was actually the parable of the sower um, and then his disciples afterwards asked him just like Clarice said about well, why do you talk like that and then in all three gospels Jesus quotes Isaiah 6, 9 that Clarice just read. And so Clarice, question for you, because mm-hmm. when you read it at first, the portion of Isaiah, the whole through seeing, they do not see, through hearing, they do not hear, understand, or they might turn and be forgiven. And you're first mm-hmm. like, well, don't we want people to turn and be forgiven? Yeah. But tell us a little bit of context about who was the they in Isaiah, like who was he talking about there? Yeah. Well, I think at at that point, you know, he's talking about the people, you know, his, his, Mm -hmm. his people. And, you know, you go down further and he says, you know, Isaiah asks like, how long God, because he's like, Whoa, I don't even get this. And so he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitants, houses without people, the land is a desolate waste. Um, And the Lord removes people far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But then it talks about how even when the stump remains, it's the holy seed is in its stump. So, and I'm sure there are a thousand different ways that God will, Holy Spirit will highlight this to different people. But, you know, what I envision when I see this is it's like the things that are in us that keep us from closeness with our relationship with God, right? Mm -hmm. What are those things need to be completely desolate, taken away, lies out so that that seed can still yet come through from from it you know and so we just look at this and you know in in a way it's it seems like god is saying like jesus is saying to us in this parable in these parables and why he did this is just like you there's this depth that we need for people to understand who i am and it's not that he's saying, because obviously in, in scriptures, you know, before and after, and even included in John, he's like, you know, he wants us, you know, the only way to heaven is through him. And the only way to that relationship is through him. So he's not saying that he doesn't want it. But, you know, I think when you, you touched on how to go about it, you know, you talk, you think of the other parables that are in all three of the gospels, like the sower and the seed. And he talks about, okay, in this, in this one parable, he talks about a seed is put by the path and then the birds devoured it. And then it puts on the rocky ground and it sprung up, but then the sun scorched it. 
and then the seed fell amongst the thorns, but they choked them out and there was no grain. But then when the good soil, when the seed fell in the good soil, there had been um, grain and it, and it yielded even up to 300 or 30, 60, a hundredfold, which then gets explained further where it says, you know, he who has ears, let him hear. And so say you walked into that situation where God's telling this parable mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, oh, cool. He's talking about seed. Kind of like you said, he's talking about farming and you're like, okay, great. But I'm a, you know, I'm a fisherman. So you're like, cool. That doesn't really resonate with me. But then he says, you know, he explains it and he's like, hey, you know, on along the path, it's those who hear the word, but they don't understand it. Right. And then the right. rocky ground, it's the ones who hear the word and immediately you receive it with joy, but then you don't have any root. So it falls away. So you're just yeah. like, kind of like, oh, that was great. I can walk away. So he's really painting the picture of like, which one are you? Like, which one do you mm-hmm. want to be? Because I want you to be the one that's a good soil, um, you know, and then the thorns and he's like, he hears the word and cares too much of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And then that chokes out the word that then doesn't take any root in you. But then it's the good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it and then bears and yields the fruits. And we think of the kingdom fruits, right? A lot mm-hmm. of the parables paint the picture of a lot of the fruits of the spirit, you know, which are love and forgiveness and understanding God's kingdom and, you know, his redemption and in times and, you know, being committed to prayer. So they're so deep. <laughs> they are. And I want to get to, I think we will later, like the, what it means to me, how he can individually reveal things through different parables, but kind of backing up a little bit to what you're talking about, um, what was said in Isaiah and the why, why is Jesus speaking in parables? And so there's some simplicity to parables, like we're alluding to for, um, it was Jewish tradition to tell stories that you could break down the complexities of the kingdom of heaven into very simple um, farm references, you know, whatever was relevant at that time. But Clarice, in my study, what Holy Spirit was showing me is the intention of parables was what was being said in Isaiah is they're twofold. There's a portion of the parable that's meant to reveal a truth. And then it's also meant to hide the truth. And it really has to do with the heart of the person receiving it. And so parables, they, they through Holy Spirit and through God, grant understanding to those who are seeking them who have that soft heart who are open to understand what jesus was saying the parable actually paints it even clearer in a way that uh, holy spirit can reveal it to that individual but for those who aren't willing to consider or maybe think of the pharisees that would come to jesus's teaching and they're really just there to try to naysay or disprove him or whatever the other side of that parable is he wasn't giving up all the secrets of heaven very plainly. You had to have this softness of heart to understand what he was saying. And so when you come to a parable with that callous heart, or as Isaiah said, ever hearing, but never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving, the parable actually hides and protects the precious things of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So then they can't be then use and turn and manipulate it. And, and it was it's right. interesting because in scripture, it talks about, you know, God will use the, the simple to confound the wise and confuse the wise and so it's just it's just interesting how the kingdom is so countercultural so mm-hmm. um, what we think and you know even someone looking back and saying like you said you know I came to hear Jesus and I thought I was gonna be blown away by all this theology and he's 
talking how <laughs> they can receive it because they understand storytelling and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and so it's That's interesting right. because the seven that are found in all three mm-hmm. of the go- in three of well, the gospels. Hold because- up, Clarice. You oh, keep yeah, saying yeah. three of the gospels. Yeah. <laughs> but there's four gospels. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. So John did not put any in his um in his gospel, which we you know don't really know why i mean mm-hmm. i i i think john was the one that was like hey i'm the beloved one and let's just talk <laughs> on like the things that are surrounding god's love so that y'all understand when i say he loved me most like this is <laughs> i do love john about love. <laughs> he was very self-assured in his uh, christ love for him all right yes. sorry for interrupting so sweet john, no. of the seven <laughs> found in the three gospels uh-huh yep so matthew mark Luke. um you know you look at it so it's talking about okay so the general like aerial view themes that you pull from the ones that they're like okay all three of them touched on these ones and it doesn't mean that the Mm -hmm. ones that only appear in one or two of the four gospel three of the ones that have parables in them it's not to say that they're not as important but I like to think of the repetitive ones of like okay if you get lost in parables maybe focus on the ones that are highlighted in all in three of the gospels that Mm -hmm. shared parables and so you know one of them being okay there's one that talks about um the lamp under a bowl and Mm -hmm. long story short when you think of putting light under in darkness that's not the utilization for it and so luke specifically says in his he's talking here about the eye as the lamp of your body so it's like be careful lest the light and you become darkness so it's like Jesus's caution where logistically, you know, Luke being a doctor, he's like, I know about the eye Mm -hmm. and I know that that is the eye gate. And then taking it to the spiritual realm, the eye is what allows you to see, but then also supernaturally, like, what are you allowing into your eye gate that could cause darkness in your life? So it's kind of like this, what are we putting in us? Like, what's this initial filter And then you kind of go to this new cloth, old cloth parable where it's like they're talking about where um, from a garment, like if you take new cloth and try and put it on old one, you mess up the new one and the old one Mm -hmm. and it doesn't match. So it's kind of like this. You can't take old doctrine and new doctrine and mesh it. He's trying to kind of allude to like I'm telling you kingdom principles that now it's like these are what you need to lock into and focus on and much like also lifestyle it's like once you kind of have transformation you then can't allow the new and the old kind of to mix which segues into the next one where it's like the new line and old line skins because you know logistically if you put new wine into an old wine skin and i have no idea about this i've never seen it because this just isn't <laughs> what i do so i'm just going on faith that this happens but apparently if you put new wine into an old wine skin it bursts and then the wine is spilled <sighs> and then the skins are destroyed so everything you know is is a mess and i think of recently the storyline of a winery it just had Uh, I think it was in Spain, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, the winery, like the vaults busted or something and all this wine, like hundreds of thousands of gallons of wine are just rolling down in the street. 
and you're like what in the world so I think of like this on maybe a little lesser scale because I don't think the wine skins were maybe that big but either way it's like poured out and then you can't have it anymore and so yeah so then you know he specifically says the new wine has to go into fresh wine skins so you think of like okay the eye gate and then you know not mixing old and new and then you know, being that good ground, right? That good soil where you'll produce. Yeah. And in that one, you know, new wine, old wine skins, I think of uh, when I got saved, you, you use that as like my old lifestyle didn't match the new creation. I was in Christ. And again, there's no condemnation, but it's just, he's teaching in parables. Like this is just reality. Like, yeah, the newness. And again, he's talking about wineskins. And to, so to Clarice, to your point, the people at that time were more familiar with wineskins. You know, they had different ways to store their wine then than we do today. Um, so they got this concept. They could visualize a wineskin bursting. Um, but again, it goes to that. There's two points here. If you're not trying to seek what he's saying beyond that, you're probably going, why is this teacher talking about wine and wineskins? But if your heart's soft and you're trying to say, hey, I'm trying to understand, this is where through Holy Spirit revelation comes. It's like, oh, I can't live the way I used to in this new life or um, whatever that Holy Spirit's revealing to you. And then, Clarice, I love what you said about repetitiveness. Every parable in the Bible is priority and is teaching us something. But there is a principle in scripture when something's repeated or it's said multiple times, there's an emphasis here. So these seven um, parables, you all, I recommend looking them up and reading and studying them. I mean, Clarice has named three already. Um, And Clarice, as I look through these seven, it's talking about a lamp on a stand. Well, maybe that's how they lit stuff at that time. They put a light up on a stand. So the people at that time knew like, oh, okay, I get that. I have one of those. Um, the garment, you know, women back then sewed and made garments. So they got it. The wine skin, the, the farming with the seed and the sower, the vineyard, the fig tree. Like I think of the simplicity of Christ and honestly, Clarice, it's so encouraging to me because our God is one that wants us to understand. Like if we have that soft heart seeking after him, he's not keeping secrets. He's trying to teach us in a way that is very relevant and that we can relate to. And I know I've said it like two or three times, but really heavy on my heart right now of Clarice, your point that you made to me when we're talking in prep of through these parables, even though it's exact same parable, when our prayer life and through Holy Spirit, it can show us what it means to me or how it applies directly to us. So would love to hear your thoughts on, like, I think of the example you just said, like you've never seen a wineskin, but yeah. Lord has given you direction and revelation through that parable. So what are your thoughts or what has God revealed to you when you're thinking about the personalization of parables? Yeah. And I think like, for example, with even the one about the, like you said, the, the sower, right. Mm -hmm. I think of the times when I was all of those grounds, like I was, I walked all of them. And, and I think in every, in every instance, when I was one of the different ones and heard that I was like, dang, that's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, getting to the point of, am I here? Am I hearing? Am I allowing my heart stance to be receptive and not do a hard shut off 
at, oh, well, that doesn't make sense to me, or that doesn't apply to me. Because mm-hmm. I think we can, I think there have been times where I'm like, oh, that doesn't even make sense to me. Like, why, why do I even care about that? And you kind of just breeze over it. Mm-hmm. And I think of the whole, the entirety of the Bible. There have been times when I have been very intrigued by maybe Proverbs or Psalms because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, there's some wisdom there or there's some good nuggets. But yet there was zero desire in me to read like, Leviticus or Deuteronomy because I'm like who cares about rules you know (laughs) or laws (laughs) so I I I know just from personal experience journeying with Jesus through the Bible is obviously going to be a lifetime thing because there you know you look through my journaling Bible even in this instance of the here I am send me like my date notes that correspond to some journal entry it's like okay I wrote 12 8 17 and then 1 17 19 and why in two different years on two different dates did both of those get highlighted you know Mm. and I just think of the difference in heart stance of okay, it wasn't all of a sudden me where I was like, yes, I can't wait to read about the laws and and all the (laughs) measurements of the temple. Like, yes, that's exciting to me. I'm like, no, but there was something that Holy Spirit prompted in me that he wanted to reveal to which then he gave me a desire to have deeper understanding of it. And it wasn't until that point that it just became so interesting to me. And Mm -hmm. so I want our listeners to know God gets it. Like he understands if you read a parable and you're like, there's no way that couldn't have even happened. Or like, I think of, you know, Jonah and you're like, no (laughs) way did a whale swallow a man and he was in the belly. And you know what I'm saying? Like God, the faith journey is exactly that a journey it may be easy for you to receive, okay, Jesus loves me. I can appreciate that. I receive Jesus. And then the next part is, okay, now maybe I can delve a little further into the parables, or now I can maybe even then believe more deeply that some of these things in the Bible actually happen, but it's a journey and don't condemn yourself if you're not there yet. Yeah, that's so well said about the journey and appreciate your honesty about Leviticus because let's be honest, it's a tough read unless Holy Spirit's (laughs) telling you, hey, let's do this. Um, But what you spoke to, Clarice, spoke to me, what I was hearing through that is first, you didn't have to create that desire. Like you said, in yielding to Holy Spirit, the desire came. Um, and I know for me, my walk with Christ, uh, uh, compared to like peeling an onion, like there's constant layers peeling. So to your point, I could read the same scripture four times, but depending on the year, the place in my journey, <laughs> God, it, God is speaking something different through it. And that's why if you've ever heard people call uh, the Bible, it's the living word, meaning that these aren't just stale words on a page like that God is going to speak in partnership with prayer and Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is going to speak to you at where you're at in your point of life through these. Mm-hmm. It's our responsibility as Clarice was saying, it's the open heart. It's mm-hmm. the willingness and desire to know him, to understand the kingdom. And through that he'll do the hard work of the revelation. Mm-hmm. And even in 2023, 
when we're not doing wineskins. I'd love to say I sew my own clothes, but I don't. Um, and my lights are in the ceiling with electricity yeah. and not on a stand. But God can still, still use these parables from Jesus to teach me things today. And it's mm-hmm. the same principle about it's the heart desire. For somebody yeah. who's coming in with a hard heart, doesn't really want to understand Christ, may read this and go, see, he doesn't know anything about 2023. He's talking about mm-hmm. farming. But for the yeah. person who comes in with the open heart, seeking Christ, wanting to know him through that farming parable, like Clarice mm-hmm. said, with the sower and the seed, it can reveal so much about our life and our yeah. um, where we're at with Christ. Cass, I have, that totally makes me think about this, the, one of the last ones that is repeated three times in, in them, the mm-hmm. fig tree. Yeah. I couldn't have told you what a fig tree looked like. <laughs> I don't think I ate fig anything. I mean, maybe a fig Newton back in the day, because that was probably a school snack. But even then, I just thought it was the name. I didn't think there was an actual like fig fruit. Like I just was like, oh, it's a name. Um. And then I moved to Auburn and in my backyard, I had a very mature established just foliage situation where there were you know, blueberries <laughs> and like just a lot come to find out. I didn't even know it was a fig tree. My neighbor told me it was a fig tree. Hmm. That's how lacking in gardening, maybe green thumbing that I have. However, the fig tree, like it was so the leaves are so cool how it yields the figs are even cooler picking them from the tree and not even understanding like what I I was doing it just opened up this whole visual of how Jesus in the Bible talks about the fig tree right yeah and just looking then at that tree after having read the parables and, and some of the scriptures surrounding it, Jesus, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And when I look mm-hmm. at a fig tree, I'm like, God, your words remain. Your words are steadfast. What you say will echo into eternity. And it doesn't matter if I have a complete understanding now, if his words remain then they're established and it will be an eternity of the understanding revealed. And so even if listeners, you don't end up with a fig tree in your backyard (laughs) or have any working knowledge or any idea of what a fig tree looks like, maybe Google it. It's kind of fun. Um, But the excitement of when something gets put together in your mind and in your heart and in your understanding and in your spirit Just pray that God will do that because that feeling, that revelatory moment, that aha, oh my goodness, I have uh, like this, I can receive this in faith and like, yes, I get that part of it now. Or this became highlighted to me. Live for those moments because God is so sweet that he'll always reveal something. And it may be different than someone else. And it may be like Cassie and I, sometimes we see different things through it. And we're like, oh, yes, but God is speaking. And we can mm-hmm. just trust that he is speaking. His word will not pass, a- pass away. And at the end of the day, he wants to reveal his heart to us. That's right. And so, Clarice, yet again, in that example, you didn't do anything, right? You bought a house. It was a tree. 
Holy Spirit <laughs> brought it to mm-hmm. your awareness of the revelation from the fig tree. But here's the thing, y'all, and the fun part about revelation. Clarice had already read that story. Mm-hmm. The word was in her. And then God pointed out a fig tree. And through that, the revelation popped off. And so Clarice, that story was so encouraging to me of why studying the word is so crucial. One, mm-hmm. we've already said it's life-giving. Um, it, it speaks differently to each one of us. It'll meet you right where you are in your circumstance, whether you're in a very early walk with Christ or you're very mature in your walk, it'll meet you where you are. But it's when it's in you, that is when Holy Spirit can bring revelation. Like if you had never read the story of the fig tree, the fig tree yeah. in your backyard wouldn't have meant that. Um, (laughs) it's it's circumstance and the fact that the word was already in you Holy Spirit can work with that so so encouraging Clarice I appreciate your encouragement about even if the parables don't make sense at the first read that's okay we can read it and ask you know James talks about if we ask for wisdom you know it's okay to ask for wisdom ask that you want to understand that is so pleasing to Christ's heart because that's a heart seeking after him and seeking to understand the kingdom Hmm. Well, and I just think God is so sweet to give us the parables because at the end of the day, he wants us to understand his right. kingdom and our relationships that much better. That's right. All right, Clarice. Yay. Well, amazing how quick time goes. Um, <laughs> I need to go say some of my parables, but would you wrap us up Same. and seal this conversation <laughs> in prayer today? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jesus, as always, we just thank you for your word. Um, We are super grateful that you just want us to have added depth um, of understanding of who you are, your kingdom ways and kingdom secrets. And so, God, we will be like the kings who search those truths out to allow them to be revealed and then Mm -hmm. um, manifest and evident in our lives. And so, God, we just ask that we would be good ground. Um, Lord, deliver the ones who are struggling to have their heart ready. Um, God, I just ask that you give them a, a special grace and that your redemptive story for our lives would just be such a testimony to others mm-hmm. that others would just in turn be um, so willing to receive you and your ways and your heart. And so God, we thank you for this word. We ask that you'll just continue to um, allow your word to take root in our lives, that we would pro- be the ones that produce up to a hundredfold and so and beyond. And so Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this time and we love you dearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.